Hey there, podcast listeners. This is the Bridge of Stories podcast. A platform that discusses world issues through personal lenses. We are your hosts. Students of the class of 2020 at the United World College in Mostar. Michelle Wang from China. And Ante Kashura from Poland. Every Saturday, we welcome interviews from all around the world. Bringing all kinds of stories to you. Making headlines from the news no longer foreign, but personal. Visit us on our Facebook page, Bridge of Stories. And for now, sit, sit back and, and enjoy, enjoy the episode. episode. Today we're joined by a very interesting guest, so can you please just tell us your name, where you're from, and your school? Um, hi, I'm Erin Rose Johnson. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia in the U.S., and I am in the class of 2020 at United World College in Mostar. Thank you, Erin Rose. Um, thank you for being here today on the Bridge of Stories podcast. And so maybe let's begin uh, with an overview. Can you please give us a bit of a context on the job you have been doing on your work uh, related to homelessness in the United States, which is going to be the topic of our today's podcast? Yes. So I guess I'll start with my initial kind of interest in homelessness. It was there was a program that was given by my school um, in eighth grade. So we it was called Homeless Immersion and we took five dollars um a blanket a trash bag and a plastic water bottle and then we lived on the streets for five days with just those supplies Mm -hmm. um and you know it's kind of a modified experience of homelessness just to kind of simulate Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a an interesting concept but so we slept in a fenced in place and then during the day we walked around the city and volunteered so we were serving like we weren't um receiving aid from these volunteer agencies but we went to a variety of nonprofit organizations and other um organizations that aid um homeless people and they're a variety from like food banks to um shelters that just provide beds Mm -hmm. and um health care places and so we kind of were able to serve the community that we were trying to like come mm-hmm. closer into contact with and do just that and we got to learn a lot of their stories at a personal level because we were put closer to kind of the same level and we could really understand their experience from a more mm-hmm. personal aspect yeah. so it was a really formative experience um, and then after the, this kind of really sparked my interest because I learned really a lot about how the U.S. Um, kind of really pushes aside the homeless community and, de- and stigmatizes them very strongly. And this is in forms of, you know, not providing systematic aid to them or um, other forms mm-hmm. of just like it's a very dehumanized population and so this kind of humanized Mm -hmm. that part of the society because it is a very large topic in the united states is a very prevalent issue and if we've been just looking at some statistics and uh, discussing that before the podcast actually uh so it's a very prominent topic uh in the united states right yes Yes, um, it so is. there are states that are very strongly affected by that. Like we look at California, it was around twenty-three, I believe, percent of people who are homeless in wow. the state of California, which is enormous. So That's the insane. biggest cities you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so the big the cities with the biggest um, homeless population are Los Angeles and New York City. Um, and coming from Atlanta, I see homeless people from the homeless community driving around the streets of downtown Atlanta. We have a lot of um, kind what I feel is a big presence of homeless people. Um, And so it's 
kind of in any major city you'll find homeless um, people from there are a lot of homeless veterans who just mm-hmm. can't get back on their feet after serving um, homelessness is also the time with mental illness and um, obviously poverty and drug and alcohol abuse, right. um, general substance abuse. And so you add to the general dehumanization of the homeless community. And so during this immersion, pro- some of the interesting um, stories that you could share, what was some part of it that really uh, stood out to you? Well, I think just the overall experience of really like sitting at the same table yeah. with the people you were serving and getting how they felt. And it was just kind of really eye-opening that, um, you know, there really weren't much differences between Mm -hmm. me and the people I was serving. And that kind of led to, I've since then um, reached out into other organizations in my community and done a lot of other service work with um, members of the homeless community because it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that it's omnipresent and you don't have to go somewhere far away um, or like any another city or anything to serve people and yeah. You mentioned how you feel like there wasn't actually a difference or a gap between you and the homeless people. What do you mean by that? What were some of the similarities that you saw? Well, just kind of everyone's trying to make it as as much as they can, I guess you could say. And it's just some systematic um, inequalities and I think a lot of the times people see the homeless community as like oh these failures or like um, kind of this like very far away but like very far away part of the population but really like sometimes what drives homelessness a hundred dollar bill or kind of a, a medical emergency or something like that where yeah. you're forced to Um, give up an apartment or start or it can even start with just sleeping on a friend's couch for a couple months and then Mm. you know not being able to get back on your feet Um, and that's kind of what I mean by they're they're really dehumanized by society both socially and systematically and this experience kind of opened my eyes to how um, that shouldn't be happening and Um, You know, after this experience, I also learned that my grandmother was homeless during her teens. Oh, no. So it was, like, really brought it close to home both both personally and in, like, my personal experience. Um, So it was, like, very, you know, she got back on her feet and she, Mm -hmm. like, lived a long life after that. But um, it was very inspiring to know that this happened in my family and then in my city and it was just kind of like wow nobody thinks about these yeah. people but they're just they're just trying to make it just like anyone we else. are as well yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and it's also like there's not this big like difference and there's not this big thing that happens to them that drives them to homelessness mm-hmm. like it's just the a couple of small things frequently that lead to homelessness. actually coming back to um what you Michelle mentioned before um, that she realized that this gap between the people is not actually um, you know that present between in your perception but at the same time I feel like this gap is a huge thing and in that sense it is becoming sort of a vicious cycle because those people are becoming part of a society that is you know detached from everyone and they because of that they're even more lacking opportunities because uh, I don't know if you, if, you, if, you, if you would agree with me on that but well I, I guess you would in that sense uh, that this is sort of the fact that since they are becoming more and more detached from the community 
it just uh, makes it even harder for them to even if they want to to come back right yeah it is and also one important thing to know is like how the system deals with homelessness you know mm -hmm. um, back in September President Trump like made a bit bold statement about how he was gonna deal with the problem of homelessness in America but the only systematic way of dealing with the presence of homeless people is to, you know, arrest them or give them fines or things like that, right. which doesn't attack the root. Um, Wait, that was his idea? That's, that's how he wants to deal yeah. with the problem? Yeah, with dealing with the problem of homeless people. And, like, he said something about how they were on our most beautiful roads and highways and tunnels. Um, and there are a lot of, um, you know, ways for the public park service and things like that to diminish the presence of homelessness of homeless people sorry um but that just kind of sweeps them under the rug more and the other other solutions that have been discussed in politics and kind of um also in non-governmental organizations is kind of creating more organizations that um, provide beds and or um affordable housing units and um, systematic opportunities like this, which really push these people to get back on their feet. But the issue with this comes to the social stigmatization that mm -hmm. people don't want um, the stigma of living near affordable housing mm -hmm. or um, they have this perception that um, if they bring in, if they allow homeless people to live um, next to them, they'll bring in all of their alcohol and drugs and weapons, and that's kind of where the social stigma meets the political issue. And I feel like when you talked about how um, President Trump's uh, way of dealing with it doesn't tackle the roots, I'm assuming that it's also the social stigmatization um, that, that we need to address, right? Yes, of course. And that's kind of where you can't really yeah push in for a, a solution that attacks the root because the mm. root is a social stigma and that's a very hard issue to change. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm actually curious, uh, what do you think is the very reason why those rates are so high in a place like LA? I mean, I don't actually have a comparison uh, between other countries, but I mean, that seems like an, quite an extremely high rate of homelessness. What do you think, uh, uh, if, if you know, what do you think might be the reason for it in the first place? Um, in terms of specific cities, I'm not exactly sure, but I know that there's an issue with the statistics because um, it shows a rise in homelessness in these cities in the last couple of years, but it's also hard to know if it's a rise in homelessness or if it's a rise in um, like the effectiveness of counting methods because yeah. it's such a hidden part of the population. It's hard to effectively count and like exactly. see... Um, who exactly is living on the streets or living without um, mm -hmm. a place to live, kind of. And also, to be considered homeless by society, technically, um, if you're living on your friend's couch or something like that, that's also technically homelessness. But that's not really accounted for. The yeah. only way you can account for the members of the homeless community is to do um, searches or, like, surveys and find people physically on the streets and the um there is a government organization that does this once a year they have a night where they have a bunch of volunteers go out um all across the states and count the homeless community and kind of survey a bunch of areas and try to see how many people are actually living on the streets and it's just a very hard issue to 
put a number to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, And so, just again, coming back to the cause of the issue. Why do you think? Do you think um, the wealth distribution and the inequality? But it was actually and, to us that I was and, thinking And wealth, well. do you think that's a, a like a primary causation of mm-hmm. the homelessness issue? Yes, of course. I think there are also a lot of um, issues of race and homelessness oh. too, because mm-hmm. that kind of goes hand in hand with wealth yeah. wealth distribution. You know, um, black people in America, any minority, get paid less and then it, they're that much closer right. to yeah. homelessness. There's also um, dynamics of gentrification, especially this is something that's very prevalent in Atlanta where um, the the neighborhoods that are historically black are becoming um, very urban and very popular yeah. for um, big construction companies to make a profit off of that, um, that land and kind of force out these oh. residents mm-hmm. and then turn over the land into making very big condo units or restaurants or things like this. Um, and so that also, um, because, yeah, that can, can also lead to homelessness. So it's a very complicated issue. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, uh, so we have this problem, and I mean, uh, the wealth inequality, um, I actually thought about it as well, uh, before the interview as well, I was thinking, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, this whole idea of the, the growing gap between the rich and the poor, uh, that seems like a huge, huge problem. Uh, and I'm thinking, I mean, you mentioned already um, some actions that the government uh, is trying to take, uh, but do you see the effectiveness of those actions? Do you think they are uh, sort of, um, you know, are they effective in any way? Are they making it better for those people? Um, definitely not. I think that um, in regards to homelessness, our leaders are just kind of saying that they'll tackle this issue, but they're not, again, not reaching the um, root of the issue and just uh, kind of continuing this sweeping away of the homeless community under the rug and trying to ignore them and putting them in prisons or giving them a criminal record for just trying to exist. And um, it's it's a very, yeah, it's a very deep issue in the States. And so... Well, you kind of exemplified this. Um, on individual levels, I think there's a lot that we can do. I mean, personally, even I feel like um, people around me, even myself, we do carry a lot of stigma towards homeless people. And so by researching and by actually doing on-field voluntary work, do you feel like you know individuals can also make changes like you did? Um, yes, I think so. I think at a very small level, of course, and I think this is when the social stigma begins to change is mm-hmm. with these individuals. You know, I had this experience after eighth grade. I um, really felt connected to these people, and I was like, okay, I'm going to use this, and I'm going to try and make a difference in my community, and so I started volunteering at a food bank um, and resource center behind my church, actually, um, And so they give like groceries, weekly groceries every day. They give hot lunch. They help pay bills for certain zip codes. And it's a very good um, organization. Um, And then also on a personal level, one thing that I do is I try to personally like diminish this 
aspect of mm-hmm. dehumanization towards the homeless community. So what I did, this is actually something I learned from my grandma is keeping things in the car to give away that aren't money. Oh, wow. um, so I always keep peanut butter crackers because it's like something practical. Yeah, it's yeah. very practical. It's an easy snack and it like has a bit of nutritional value. You know, it's not a candy mm-hmm. bar. Um, it's not the best. But then anytime I'm driving in the States, I always stop and give um, away two or three or if people ask me for money I don't like to give money away um, but I just give away food instead and say like and it's not just the act of giving food but it's also like making sure to make eye contact and mm. saying hello and saying how are you and like mm. saying oh I hope you have a good day like hope this helps is there anything else I can do and that it's it makes me confront my own uh, stigma and kind of my role in this social stigma and so I think that's a very um, easy way to change your own perception and then also make a bit of a difference in one person's day. And I think at the end of the day, that's all you can do is just make a difference in one person's day and change your own biases towards these communities. I think that's something really beautiful. And just by doing little small things, I I really hope that, you know, bigger changes can take place as well. Well, thank you very much, Erin Rose. It was a pleasure having you on the Bridge of Stories podcast. It was amazing to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Bridge of Stories podcast. We would like to especially thank the ones that have shown great support for this product. The United World College of Mostar, National Committees of Poland and China, Mr. Adrian de Mol van Otterloo, and the 2019 Mostar Youth Summer Program. We can't wait for you to hear the next episode. See you next Saturday.